Hello everyone, uh, my name is Vikas Agrawal. I am the founder of AIF and PMS Experts India. So we are a sort of digital platform for investing in alternate investments and portfolio management services. And uh, all of, I, I'm sure some of you might be familiar that uh, what we do is essentially we invite industry expert and we try and read their mind, understand what's happening in the industry. A and B, we try to understand that what kind of products or investment philosophy they are following at their organization level and also understand that how investor, especially the HNIs and ultra HNIs or some of the family offices, how, how can they take maximum advantage of, of the same offering. So, uh, and then we, we, you know, happy to share that in last two years, we have done more than 120, uh, uh, you know, knowledge-based sessions like this. And I'm glad to share that with me. I have Mr. Dinsha Irani. Uh, well, uh, he doesn't need any kind of introduction. I'm sure you might have uh, started seeing him on CNBC these days and some of the business channels that he appears on off late. Uh, he's setting up a great franchise, great manufacturing unit, I would say. Uh, which is a natural extension to Helios Capital uh, worldwide uh, in India. And he's instrumental in terms of setting up the, the uh, uh, sort of framework uh, more precisely uh, as far as Indian Indian market execution is concerned. So, uh, you know, what we do, Dinsha, uh, is that we organize this session and we say that it's Ask the Expert Show. So we invite industry experts like you and we prepare a few questions on behalf of investors because we keep talking to them and uh, we we try to clarify all these points so so firstly thank you so much for accepting our request pleasure is all mine vikas and thank you for a lovely introduction as well yeah so yeah so dinsha uh, brings about more than three decades of experience uh, he's been working with uh, samir ji uh, for over 70 long years if i am not wrong is that correct no more. <laughs> Actually, I've been with him from 2000 onwards. So it's okay. been that kind of association. Right. So I think both of you worked in the same organization, Alliance yes. Capital, yes. which eventually taken over by, I think, Sun Life, uh, Birla Sun Life. So, you know, there's a saying uh, that in the investment world, it's very, very challenging to be with the same team uh, for a long, long period of time. You know, and if anybody is able to do so, I think uh, this can be called as ninth wonder uh, because, uh, you know, you synchronized uh, uh, your thought process with somebody else. And, you know, it's like a pizza heart, you know, when you go to pizza heart in Delhi or Chennai, you, if the recipe is same, you have it here or there, it gives you same taste, you know. Same taste, so, yeah. when you have a leader like Samir Bhai, you know, stalwart leader, and then you've been working closely with him, uh, I'm sure there would be a lot of uh, common commonality, I would say, uh, in terms of trade, the way you have been so successful in terms of, uh, you know, uh, man managing long shot fund. You want to talk about the journey of long shot, long shot fund. But, you know, I want to take a few minutes out from your busy schedule and talk to you about your personal experience of working with Samir Bhai. Okay, so... Actually, a great person. In fact, uh, as you rightly said, that uh, nobody sticks around for 20 years, 22 years, if he's not happy in that marriage, right? It's literally a marriage of convenience, marriage of minds and stuff like that for us, at least. So I've worked with Samit throughout his journey in the long side. Actually, I've known him from 94, right? So I used to uh, run this boutique research house uh, with a team of 17-odd analysts. And that's when I started interacting with Samit. This was in Alliance days. And what stood out of that gentleman was his way of thinking very different from the rest of the managers that we used to deal with. Uh, all the other managers were talking about profits, P's, valuations. He never used to talk about that there. He used to talk about the market, the potential. For instance, I remember Bharti, uh, he said that uh, what is China doing with telecom and where is India today? Right? That was his way of thinking at that point in time. And then he said, so many bikes are being sold every year. I don't remember, remember the figure. He said so many telecoms can be easily sold to these guys who are owning these bikes. And so his way of thinking was very different from what the uh, what I felt was. So it was always a learning curve with him. And frankly, even today, there are bikes which are like pure gems from him. So he really absorb when he uh, gives out these uh, gems as such. So that's what helps. And the best part is he's always smiling. 
he seldom loses his temper and that also is very far and infrequent in between so that's the good part about the gent i suppose so what is like you know on the spot he would say what he wants to say and at the same time uh, you know so they say that you know i see when you have energy you don't have wisdom and they saying that when you have wisdom you don't have energy but samir wise one among those guys even at this stage you know his energy level as well as the wisdom is unmatchable so many congratulations for you to have been uh, working with uh, uh, him for long long period of time and i'm sure both of you are learning with uh, from each other and taking the organization to the next level the second question is you know there are a lot of investors who have requested me they want to know more about elios capital how it began Uh, since you happen to know Samir Bhai, so how it moved to Singapore, and what is it that you started out of Singapore, and then we'll talk about your Indian journey. Okay. So uh, uh, actually, because Samir moved to Singapore in '98, so that time he was in the Lions Capital, and in '98 they made him the head of Asia, Emerging Asia, and as a result, he had to move base from Mumbai to Singapore, and since then he has in very stayed back in Singapore and. Uh, Uh, then i joined alliance in 2000 actually end of 99 and 2000 is when i joined alliance so i joined him then and i used to also look at emerging asia but mainly two components of emerging asia which was consumers and pharmaceuticals these were the two major components that i used to look after but report into samir since he was managing the whole of uh, emerging asia and mind you he used to manage it with some i think five analysts if i'm not mistaken of which two were in india two were in singapore and one was in hong kong these were the breakup of the five analysts And he used to manage the whole of Emerging Asia portfolio based on these uh, five analysts and the coverages. And this was 1998. 98, he moved to Singapore and he remained there, right? Then uh, we both quit Alliance in August of 2003 and uh, wanted to start a domestic mutual fund. Didn't work out because we realized that the it wasn't that exciting at that point in time. And finally, I mean, we started looking at an offshore-based fund, right? So Sami stayed behind in Singapore. I was always in Mumbai, so we said, "What to do?" I mean, long-only funds at that point in time were not that exciting, because uh, the fee structures and they, we would have been just one of the uh, participants in the whole uh, big uh, pot of offerers, manufacturers, rather. So we said, "What to do? Uh, to be a bit different, and how to convince yourself that you can do it?" And mind you, we were all only long-only managers at that point in time, right? so we came across this data we used to keep churning data and all and we realized that india has much more volatility than any other market as such i mean we saw various reasons and in fact in our uh, the best thing that we put across is we compare us s&p to india uh, nifty and how the two move so the best part about volatility is that if you can capture on the downside if you can conserve on the downside you can kill any guy on the upside so that's what appealed to us and that's why we brought about this hedge fund then we started off with helios so we set up helios in january of 2005 okay uh, and we said the first offering should be a hedge fund and a hedge fund will be a long shot fund india dedicated because our forte was india and that's how we came about uh, doing this long shot in india as such so we started this long shot in january as uh, rather started deploying money actually in june july of 2005 and it's done handsomely well in fact uh, it's beaten most of the long only guys not only offshore by the way our average net is always been around 62 in the last 17 years that we've been in this long shot fund and with that 62 net we beaten most the most of the long only funds as such so across i mean not only uh, in uh, in uh, offshore based funds but also domestic mutual funds if you convert our uh, this thing to rupees and remove the a uh, performance fee and only take the asset management fee we beat in most of the mutual funds also domestic mutual yeah. funds also i was looking at the data you know and you will not believe i said yaar tum mujhe long shot nahi because long only ka performance de diya lagta hai ek kaam kar nirupam mujhe aap long shot kar diya thole long shot ka hai main bola fir tumhari kuch galti hogi dobara check karo aap mujhe galat data dikha rahe ho long only ka dikha raha hu indian to main pichle 20 saal se india mein hai with then i looked at i said oh my god what a performance and i had i had some idea because i interviewed uh, samir arwaji so yeah, 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 yeah. right yeah. Uh, so now coming uh, so uh, second question is uh, uh, before we come to the journey of the long shot fund in detail 
So can you uh, talk to us about uh, how your organization is structured in Singapore and which are the markets that you cover, which are the funds from there, who is managing, uh, Samirji is managing what you, and then talk about your Indian outfit that you are setting up. So we, out of Singapore, by the way, we raised money, um, we have feeders across, I mean, US and all. We used to raise money there and deploy it via Singapore. That's how it was. Uh, the most major market and the only market we cover out of Singapore is India and nothing else. Our focus and our love has always been India. In fact, Samir, when he was, he used to tell everybody that. He says, I, though I'm in Singapore, but my heart is in India always. And though I'm managing emerging Asia, right, where India's weight at that point used to be around 7-8%. He says, but 70% of my time goes in India. I don't want to look at other markets. So that way, in fact, I also used to cover quite a few Asian markets and used to pick out only the best stocks in the other Asian countries and play the market like Samsung and Korea and stuff like that. I used to pick up those kind of names and play them. But India used to do pure, hardcore, bottom-up research and work that way. So that's what his dedication was. And even today, our money, whatever we raised, is mainly for India and mainly what it's only for India. We also have a global offshore fund, which is X of India, which, uh, which invests in all of the markets except India. But that is only for friends and family, uh, like employees, friends and family. And that fund is purely, if I may say so, it's bulk of it is US, uh, some portion in Europe, some portion in China, but that's like a fairly close uh, fund as such. It's not for public consumption, it's for that. So bulk of the money is India. So what we did further <clears throat> in 2011, actually 2010, <clears throat> ICICI Prudential had approached us to give them an advisory in one of the PMS offerings, right, which was called Star Alpha India Fund. So we became advisors to that fund in 2010 end and started deploying money in 11. From 11 to 19, we were the sole advisors to that fund and that fund did phenomenally well, right? And we said, okay. This is something that we can do on our own. Why do we need a ICICI proof to do it? Because ultimately, they're also going to other distributors to distribute that fund. So we said, why don't we start our own? So we applied for licenses in, uh, for PMS and AI both in 19 and got our licenses subsequently in 20. So by March 20, we started our own domestic offering in PMS. That's what we did. We started with that. And then next year, we started the AIF, uh, which was the first offering. There was a long only AIF that we started. And that's how was the journey has been accomplished as such. So, so talk about your Indian team, how many analysts and how, how is the investment structure like you have CIO or you continue to head or how, how is Samir's intervention in the whole thought process. And we talk about your plan also like you applied for mutual fund license. So these two things. If you, if you sure, can sure, sure. Because So basically in India, I'm the CEO, CIO. Obviously, Samir is the mentor for everything, all the funds that we are offering. In fact, uh, every morning we are on a call together and we discuss what to do with our... In fact, that's what he said, that we are lucky we started with a PMS. Though most of the managers don't like running a PMS product because it's a very complicated product. Each uh, each client has a separate... I mean, as in a, has to be have a, holding a separate portfolio and stuff like that. But we had, said we are lucky if we, we had a PMS because... By default, every morning you're buying a set of stocks for a client, right? And as a as a by default again, you have to analyze each stock every morning to see whether this is this the right weight for this client who's coming in today. You may have made a lot of money for the first client who came in, right? But suppose you had bought two percent weight and that has become five percent because of the expansion in the value of the stock. Is it worth enough for the, the new guy coming in? If it is not, then you even trim for the old guy. So that every morning we have that kind of an argument or that kind of a discussion. And then that's how we go about. So mainly it's uh, the three core gentlemen and the rather four people who are at the core of this team are Samir, uh, my colleague in Singapore, Alok, who is our head trader. Uh, then my head of research who sits here, uh, Abey, and myself. So the four of us together have roughly around 27, 28 years of experience each per head. So you can imagine that 110 years of experience sitting together and, you know, uh, talking what all things could be coming out as such. So that's the exciting part. Apart from that, we have a team of, we have a core team of some four analysts. And obviously we are adding a few more analysts to our team. In fact, we've already given our offers to two other analysts and we're looking at two more to join in. 
and we developing that core also uh, going forward and the criteria for our team is that you need a minimum of 5 year experience to uh, be a part of the team obviously there'll be some juniors will be developed at a later stage as such so that's how we going about it uh, the operations uh, actually the whole team out here today is around 27 odd people uh, 19 of them sit in mumbai seven are spread across uh, india they're mainly the sales team as such uh, but we are also adding quite a few in fact uh, i was checking with the admin guys before i came on the call by feb will be roughly around rather feb end will be roughly around another 37 38 odd people so that's how big the team will be including the analysts and so on so that's oh, how it great great i think those who are joining especially on the fund management side i would say that they would be lucky people because एक में दो मिलेगा उनको पैकेज <laughs> के साथ काम करने का मौका और समीर जी के साथ में काम करने का मौका सो आई थिंक सॉरी बिकॉज़ व्हाट आई फॉरगॉट टू ऐड वाज अबाउट द म्यूचुअल फंड सो वी ऑलरेडी हैव अ इन प्रिंसिपल लाइसेंस रिसीव फ्रॉम सेबी द पेरेंट रिसीव द लाइसेंस व्हिच इज हीलियो सिंगापुर एंड ऑब्वियसली सिंस द सब्सिडरी इन इंडिया इज हीलियो कैपिटल इंडिया so we'll be looking at implementing that license in the mutual fund format but for that we have to apply to sebi for the final license which is in the process of doing there are quite a few uh, uh, things that have been uh, filled up before you go and apply for the final license so i think we are another 5 6 months away before we can actually launch a scheme under the mutual fund as such so that's where we are on the mmf so, side yeah i would read your mind Uh, uh, Deepcha is, uh, you know, so now you'll have mutual funds, you have EMS and AI, and this question this is a very common question that I keep getting. Which one you think, which instrument can be utilized more efficiently, according to you, and deliver the highest returns? So our belief is it's mainly the AIF product which can be done. See, the PMS is a very good product, but it depends. Actually, our offerings are across the two. Uh, so PMS AIF more or less will be the same strategy that we are following in our long shot fund. It will be, and that has been around with us for the last twenty odd years, and that's why we it's very close to our heart, and we can implement that. But PMS appeals to a certain set of investors, and that's mainly the guys who can hold the stocks in their own name, right? But AIF is a per- perfect vehicle for those who don't want their Name to be tagged to a particular stock, so it's a it's like a akin to a mutual fund for but for high H and I's, right? So that's how it is. In AIF, there's enough flexibility for the manager to churn the portfolio to get a new stocks without even selling an old one because there'll be some pool of money lying at some point in time and stuff. So that flexibility is there for the manager, which is not there in the PMS. In the mutual fund, it's gonna be. you need to be close to the index right because you are appealing to the retail you need to be along with the retail though we are looking at certain differentiated products which i won't disclose uh, on the call today because we are still in the process of formulation and will probably surprise the market when we bring it out as such so that's what we trying to do here but still the the managers hands are tied to the extent of one uh, highly regulated body so he can't think too much outside the box plus he has to be close to the index also he has to give you the returns which are slightly better than the index not too outperform because you can underperform also to that extent so in a mutual fund that won't work so i believe for a hni the best vehicle would be an af then a pms and then probably a, a mutual fund or retail that's how it should be all right so uh, for our audience i just want to share that uh, you know in see there is something called long shot which is also called as absolute strategy this is also called as hedge fund in the global economies now when you look at the global economies especially the you know us markets and some of the other developed uh, uk markets this has strategy is very very successful and some of them have been running it for over uh, one and a half two decades and um, uh, this is a pretty sizable uh, uh, strategies but when it comes to india this was uh, i think uh, very new like lot of investors generally they have the habit of investing in arbitrage fund uh, if they have some money for 6 months or 1 year or 1 and 1/2 years uh, but they've never tested this so at what i feel is lot of work is going on here and uh, lot of work is already been done by yours so today's agenda of discussion is to showcase uh, what is called long shot fund uh, for which i have requested each of you to share his thoughts on and then talk about the journey of uh, Uh, long short fund at Helios. 
So over to you, sir. Thank you, Avi. So because basically, let's understand one thing. There are two sets of long short funds. One are called pure absolute return funds. There are actually three types, actually, if you will. Uh, one are pure absolute return funds, which are more or less market neutral. So they'll have probably you know 90 long, 90 short, and as a result, it's like more or less zero, very close to the index is what they will not even close to the sorry, they will give you oh, yeah, not certain even. absolute returns even on a down market or in an up market, they'll give you margin. This they will not be able to capture the upside, but they will not even fall to on the downside. So basically, they'll be more or less somewhere there, right? Yeah, so it's basically a replacement of fixed deposits in India. Not even that. It's it's probably debt minus to that extent because in India the debt levels are much higher. The debt, yeah, levels are debt minus. So right. it's more of a more of a US based product where the debt at that point in time used to be around 0.25 and 0.5. And so it was for those guys who wanted to diversify beyond debt, that kind of a product. So which is not valid for India. That's that's our gut feel, right? So that absolute return product is not uh, what is meant for India. Because India, the market is also volatile. Your debt is also giving higher returns. So that way. The second set was more of a debt plus kind of a uh, product. Now that's, that product was mainly a 20% net or 25% net. I mean, there'll be probably 100 long, 80 short or even 60 long, 40 short and the rest money in debt and stuff like that. right? So that was the uh, way the product was formulated. In our case, the second category, non-leverage, like it will have only 100 to 100 investment, right? Yes, non-leverage, totally non-leverage because their their shorting will be more or less uh, probably um, an index short or keeping cash as a short, as a hedge. So that would be the case here. But in our case, when we started, we said we have to be different, right? That's what I told you that we did a lot of data crunching and we realized that the best way to play India is to have an equity plus product with a lesser net. So basically, you cut out the volatility from the movement. And as it is, so let me give a mathematical example just to make you understand. Suppose the market corrects 20%, right? One guy who is like totally 100% invested to the market, he falls to 100, becomes 80. What if we just 0.9, I mean, on a beta front? So you'll from 400 to point. So ultimately, what is the logic of hedging, right? You cut down the beta of your portfolio by putting in a negative hedge by actually shorting a stock, right? So when you, so other fellow falls to 0.90, yeah, because he is 0.9 beta or whatever. For the 80 to rally back to 100, he needs a 25% rally. 90 fellow needs just a 11% rally, right? So you cutting the guy off purely on just conserving on the downside. That's what we believed it was the case in India. And that's why we played it this way. We said we, we'll work it this way, that we'll be a debt plus. And as a result, that's what we've done. We've given handsome returns, which have beaten most of the long only offshore funds and also the domestic mutual funds. And I'll, I'll again share my, I'll just give you one slide to share if you allow me. Yeah, I'll ask please. you a trick question, by the way, even before. Let me, let me put on the slide and then ask you the trick, trick question. Yeah, yeah please. This is a regular presentation, but let me straight away take you to the trick question. Yeah. So here's the question. If you know that the market is going to go up by 100% in two months, right? Would you prefer to buy a long only fund or a long short fund with a 60% net exposure, right? Obviously, the obvious answer, since I'm uh, today I'm selling a long short fund, so you may think that why am I even talking about this? Fact is that you will say it will be a long only where 100% is guaranteed. Right. Actually, the right answer is it depends. Since I told you about the volatility bit, now let me share that with you. Let me actually share that with you. Sure. Now, this is a pure long only fund with 100% exposure to equity, right? So the market moves, say, in the first month by 900%. So the 100%, 100 rupee will become 1000 rupees, right? That's how it will be. But the next month, the market corrects 80%. So your 1,000 rupees becomes 2,000 rupees in the next month, right? 200 rupees. 200, right? 200 yeah. 200 rupees, yeah, in the next month. So as a result, your 100 became 200 in the two months, but actually you lost from 1,000 to 200, but still it became 200, right? Now let's look at a fund which was just 60% exposed. This is the beauty of volatility. Now suppose the first year, first month, the market was up 900%, but you could only capture 60% because you were 60% exposed, right? 
So you are you will capture only 540% return as compared to 900% return. So your 100 NAV will become 640 NAV. But when the market corrected 80%, you will again capture only 60% of the downside, which is 48%. So your 640 will become 332 or rather 333 if you want to round it off as such. So you're better off in a long short fund than in pure long only fund. This is what volatility is all about, right? So then I told you we did a lot of data crunching. Yeah. So let me tell you what, okay, this is the same thing. What the data crunching we did was this. So when we started off, we took the historic data actually, but today, since we have the live data in front of us, I can share that with you. From June of 2005 till today, which is, I think November end is what we looked at. There are 208 months of returns that have been captured in this uh, 17 odd years, right? Now, a period return is normally what? P1 into P2 into P3 into P4, where the period is represented by P and the month is by one. You can multiply the months altogether in a sequence. But since it's a multiplication, it does not matter. The sequence does not matter. So you can multiply P1 by P100, P100 by P7, P7 by 120 and stuff like that and still get the same return, right? That's how it is. It's a multiplication, so it doesn't matter. So what we did was we said, okay, let's try and bake up this monthly returns into positive months and negative months. Put both the buckets aside and then multiply these buckets together to arrive at a return. So for instance, in the case of a US, the S&P 500 had 141 positive months in this 208 odd months, right? The cumulative return, which they generated in this positive return months was 7,837%. So basically your one rupee in a positive, only in the positive months became 79 rupees, right? 7,800%, okay? But look at what happened in the negative months. They had 67 negative months in which they lost 94% of the returns that they generated in the positive months. And as a result, they were left with only 368% in the period return, right? So 94% into 7,837% would roughly give you 368%, right? That's how it is. So basically, you lost so much and you were left with roughly around 5 rupees. I mean, rather from 79 rupees that came to four and a half rupees to be more precise, right? So that was on US. But now on the same time period, look at the data that comes out of India. It's mind blowing because you can't even guess the numbers that we are dealing with out here. Okay. That's why I say India volatile market, perfect for long short funds. Okay. Here it is. So the orange line is basically the volatility that you saw in the US. Look at the dark line, which is India's nifty. Okay. S&P 500, sorry, uh, sorry, India's nifty only, yeah, sorry. So uh, look at the number. The Indian market had 126 positive months in this time period. The return in the 126 months was 43,245%. So basically a one rupee invested at the time of the beginning of this run would have yielded you 434 rupees straight away. Right. That's the kind of positive returns you made in the positive. 432 times, right? Yeah, 433 times actually because it's 30%, right? 4,343,245%. So you'll have to add one if you took in the number of times. So it becomes 433 times. 433 and a half times is the return that the market made in the positive months. From which year to which year, sir? This one? This is from uh, July of 2005 till November of 2022. Almost 17 years. Yeah, almost 17, over 17 years rather, more than 17 years. But right. that's our, so 208 months, look at that that way, right? So we, we're saying that 126 positive months yielded a return of so much. Look at the negative months. There were 82 negative months, more higher. Again, the number of positive months were lower than the US, but the returns were like almost... 6x of the US, okay? The negative months were less than the US. Uh, sorry, more than the US. But look at the returns. I mean, look at the negative returns. You lost 
of what you made in the positive months and as a result you were left with a total return of 938% so now look at these numbers in a more roundabout fashion okay let's not look at 433 let's assume that the market that you made 400 times in the positive months right you lost 98% of the 400 times so you were left at the end of the period with 8x return right 400 and 2% of 400 is 8 right that is what you were left with 98% right so uh, goes out of 100 so 2% is left so you were left with 8 8x now suppose a hedge fund like me he just loses say not 98 but 97% right i just conserve 1% beyond the market we've done much more by the way out here but suppose i just conserve 1% that means my return becomes 12x as compared to 8x for the long only guy for him to beat me in the positive months he'll have to move up by almost 600 times as compared to 400 times just to beat my 1% conservation yeah so this is turning out to be an equity plus then equity plus exactly that is what so let me show you the data of our fund I mean, this is getting more interesting. Okay, so this is what I told you about S and P, basically uh, the whole return and Nifty return and stuff like that. More what I explained to you, right? This is how. Right. Now this is what our fund returns are. Okay, the heliostrategic fund, which is actually a long shot fund, we've tried to show you the return over time periods, different time periods. So let's look at the first time period because normally people say that two thousand eight, आपका अच्छा होगा क्योंकि बाजार इतना गिरा था. तो आपने अच्छा कमा लिया होगा उसमें सो दैट इज व्हाट द थिंग राइट सो नाउ लेट मी शो यू हियर फ्रॉम जुलाई 5 टू दिसंबर 31 2008 राइट द पॉजिटिव रिटर्न्स ऑफ द इंडेक्स वाज 411 मंथ्स 400 सॉरी 411% राइट लुक एट आवर रिटर्न्स इन द पॉजिटिव मंथ्स वी वर ओनली 342% सो वी लॉस्ट आउट बिकॉज़ वी वर नेट 60 राइट सो दैट्स व्हाई वी लॉस्ट आउट दैट रिटर्न in the negative months the market lost 73% 74% to be more precise 73.7 in the negative months we lost only 68% we conserved 6% as compared to the market and look at our return as compared to the nifty return of 34% 35% we were of 41% we beat the nifty okay come to the next month come to the next period which is july 1 2009 jan 1 sorry 2009 to november 22 which is the month gone by in the positive months the market gave a return of 8378% we again underperformed on the long side i mean on the positive side we were only 5800% return because we were 60% net but look on the negative months the market lost 90.9% we lost 8.5% conserved 10% of the rounds and look at our return as compared to the index return of 670% we were up 160%. 1060%, 1060%. That's how the returns are. Look at the overall returns. This is what the fun part is. I shared this with you, right? 43000% return roughly of the index. We just captured 26000% of that 43000% because of the 60% net. But on the negative months, the markets were down 97.6%, we lost just 93.8. and look at our return we 2x literally 2x that of the index so i have a question here sorry yeah. so no, no, no. was like why 60 40 what was the logic behind the component in underlying is 60% long and 40% long term right so basically the whole idea of the 60 40 actually there was no this thing we learned it along the way till around say uh, 2007 end or something or probably beginning of 2008 we roughly were some 80 odd percent net kind of a fund i mean rather 100 long 25 short and stuff like that that's how we used to be okay but then came 2008 and that 2008 taught us a lot of lessons because by till then we used to think that shorting an index was a hedge or for that matter short i mean buying a put is a hedge or having cash in your portfolio is a hedge that's what our belief was right everything went out of the window in 2008 we realized that markets can crack out so big that even the index can't protect you you need to have components within to short which can give you that additional 
alpha over and above the index, even on the negative side, right? So that's why we said that from now on, puts are out of the window. Puts is no more a, a, a option for us because puts we realize were a more of a black swan event. Otherwise, you just end up losing your premium rather than anything else. It just gives you a notional hedge and nothing else beyond Actually, that. Yeah. So we said actual stock shorts is what we should be having. So today, if you look at our portfolio, we have anything between 20 to 25 stocks which are short at any given point in time in our portfolio. And these are actual names, X, Y, Z, and stuff like that. In fact, you get a lot of options, by the way, in the market to short. The only thing is that you should have that expertise. And we believe we've developed this over 17 years and we are quite home and dry. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, so that's what it is. So actual stock shorts, you can use the index, but only temporarily. So suppose you look at the, if if you feel the market is going to be, Falling on the cliff, suppose something like today, Japan increased the hedges and you failed that probably, you know, markets are going to crap out in a big way and stuff like that, which we didn't do. But just to cover your position at that point in time, probably you can short the index, but over a period of time, substitute it with stocks. So you keep replacing, suppose you shorted 5% of the index, but then you added X name of 1% to reduce that to 4, then another 1% reduce that to 3. So you use that as a as an immediate hedge, but then replace it at some point in time. So that's what we do. And that's why we uh, uh, are probably so successful in our long short fund. Per se, so I just want to highlight here that those who are uh, there listening to us, well, the number looks very easy to understand. But you know, to run this, you require a different mindset altogether. Totally. To see that, you know, your long only is losing year on year for five, six long years. And then on, in order to protect the downside, you require different thought process altogether. And I'm not able to even visualize when you are speaking uh, with us, uh, that how you, how, I mean, what sort of patience uh, requires, you know, when you see intentionally, you want to lose out on the long side. Because you're not going beyond 60. And from 80, you're going down to 60. You know? So, so because actually we keep shifting the hedging. I mean, it's not that uh, we are purely married to that 60. That 60 is an average of the year. Okay, At certain point in time, in fact, uh, at the time of Demon, we were the lowest. I think we were at some net 5% or something. So that's how low we had gone uh, in Demon as such. In fact, even during the present uh, year, uh, when, the, when the war broke out, I think we were at some 25, 26% or so in the net uh, basis. So that's how we keep playing around with our net uh, as such. And that's why that average is 60. So sometimes you'll see 80. In fact, at the time of uh, just uh, when Mr. Modi was announced as the candidate for the prime ministership, which was September of 13, we were at a massive gross uh, as such because we were like almost close to 100% uh, on net basis, but we still had a short book running. Uh, with us so that's how we keep playing this as such so there you can leverage right so yeah. we are at that point i think we were 130 long and some 50 shots on net 80 and stuff like that that's how it was so that's how aggressive we can be on both sides of the book and that needs to be uh done on a real-time basis you can't just sit and say okay maybe book it i'll just sit there and i'll just see how it works out doesn't work that way so yeah. that's how the aggression comes and then by the way one more thing uh that i would like to highlight here is we are not technical believers. We do not believe in cons per se. We don't have a cont analyst with us, but still we short. And that shorting is mainly fundamental driven. It's pure fundamental shorting. We do not short on valuations. We don't think that valuations, so valuations can be uh, out of whack for a very long time and that can take away a lot of money, right? But we do short on valuations only when we see an event building up. For instance, like uh, uh, some of the paint companies that we shorted uh, uh, earlier was mainly they were anyway stretched on valuation 70 80 times forward earnings but then the crude oil started bloating up and we realized that there's a it's a matter of time before uh, the consumer ultimately pushes back on the price hikes and stuff like that and that's what happened right so we shorted and margins came off and the stocks came off and stuff like that so that's how we keep uh, playing around and there are lots of examples like this not only pains even in uh, the diagnostics business we did that in 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 pharma business we did that, which are like in fact, today we're doing it in IT because really IT is overpriced. And I think it's a matter of time when, uh, before IT starts uh, crapping out. So 
that's what uh, we keep doing that. Uh, so we have 15 minutes left out and couple of questions quickly. So one is this, there is this perception in the market, Dinsho, is that, you know, Helios is the DNA or the, the whole Helios of the organization is more emphasized towards long shot, I mean, as a thought process. And then initially when you started with the long only thought process in India, uh, we, we were facing this question from the client then. So can you uh, clarify that when you run, how do you run different machines with different mindsets at an organization level? So, okay, uh, because actually when we started off Helios uh, Capital, we did a long shot product as you rightly stated. But there are always two legs to a long shot, right? There's a long leg and a short leg, right? In our case, the long leg is driven fundamentally and even the short leg is driven fundamentally. Now, let me just explain briefly of how we go about selecting the stock in the first place. So, we have this first thing is what we realized was that in India, you need to have an anchor to hang on to. Right? You can't just look at the price volatility and take a call on the stock. So we said the best way to select, so ultimately index, certain states of set of stocks outperform and certain takes sets underperform, right? Set of stocks underperform, right? That's why the index averages the way it is. What we realized was that the set which outperforms, if you take out the consistent performers, there were specific traits to those and even the losers also had a specific trait. The trait of the losers was much more easier because we realized that bad is very easy to define. Good is not. right? Now, for example, I can uh, like the, the question that I ask most of my uh, uh, clients when I'm doing a pitch to them and most of them are industrialists so they can relate to that question is that uh, what is... What, who is a good employee? Tell me, give me an example and give me give me a statement of a good employee. Most of the time, the answer, by the way, one Japanese guy was a very smart guy and he gave me the right answer. I'll share that also with you. Okay. So most of the time, the client gets back to me saying that one who contributes positively to the overall uh, performance of the company. Right? That's a standard answer that I get from most of the clients. So my counter to that is, okay, he, he sits till 8 o'clock in the night, he slogs himself off, he contributes, but at the same time, he is a regular visitor to a bar, get drunk in the night. <laughs> this woman, what do you say to that, right? Do you, he said, oh, we'll fire him, right? So, that, <laughs> so bad is defined. Good cannot be defined, right? So when we, when you look, so by the way, I was telling you about the Japanese guy. So yeah. the Japanese guy gave me a very straightforward, he says in Japan, we say that the employee is good if he doesn't have anything bad. This is what he said. Wow. And he agreed with me. He said, yeah, bad you can define. You can't define good. So that's how the, the, the his argument was. So he got the right answer. So in bad, if you look at the way the market classifies bad is mainly they are bad industries, bad themes, bad managements, bad corporate governance, bad fundamentals, right? These are the general bad that you have, bad valuations or some triggers which are going to be bad for the company and stuff like that. Yeah. So these are the broad bads which are there. So we said, what we'll do is, we will have this set of eight parameters on which we will classify our stock. So we, we run, say, a NSE 500 is the starting point. We put it through the siphon of these eight different uh, sieves, right? And whatever is left behind, we don't know whether that's good, but we know what was rejected was bad. So that is what we play with. The bad that are left behind are the ones which we use for the shorting business. That is where the shorts come out. And the good is ultimately makes it to the portfolio as such uh, for us to play with. So both legs are driven by fundamentals. The long leg, in fact, when we started our uh, India offering, which is a long only offering, yeah. we said we'll take the long leg of a long short fund and just do a mirror image for our long uh, for a long only fund. That's right. what we did. Right. And now the long shot is a pure no-brainer. We take the whole fund and just deploy it. That's right. all. Right. So how is this fund is registered now? It's SEBI now in India and how investor can participate? So uh, in the long shot fund, you say? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's registered under AIF CAT3 as such. And how we're going to run it also is very different. So what we're going to have is we're going to have two separate funds inside. inside. Uh, there'll be one which will be a long only which will have a 70% portion of long stocks, which will be mainly cash stocks lying in that long only fund. And this will be a stable part of the portfolio. 
30% of the money will be in a long shot fund, actual long shot. So there'll be 40 long and 30 short. So, yeah, sorry, uh, 30 uh, long and 40 shorts. Is that how it will be? So it will be a net negative 10% portfolio. Can you, can you, uh, if you don't mind, because for so, benefit of our, myself and for my investors. So 70% of the money, so suppose you give me 100 rupees, right? Mm -hmm. 70 rupees will lie in the long only portfolio, which will be cash. There won't be any FNO in this. Right. There won't be any futures in this. Pure cash stocks will be bought in this portfolio. The 30 rupees, what I'll do is I will deploy of that 30 rupees, since I'm going to just pay a margin, by the way, so I'll keep that aside. In right. that 30 rupees, what I'll have is a 40% uh, short portfolio running. I'll actually short 40% futures in that, basically stock futures, right? And 30% futures I'll buy as long, which will be an extension of my 70. So suppose the HDFC bank is lying here and I need a weight of 7.5% of HDFC. So 5% I'll have in the cash portfolio. Two and a half percent in the short portfolio, in the long okay. portfolio. It lies a long. Short will be something else. It won't be the same stocks will not be shorted. Right. So as a result, this will be a net negative 10%. Since you're 40% short and 30% long, it'll have a net negative 10%. 70 minus 10 is what it is. Now, here understand one thing: since my gross exposure is 70, mm. I will just need 14% cash, 20% margin, roughly. I'm calculating, right? It'll vary across, but I'm taking the maximum one. 14% cash is what I'll be requiring for playing that for 70% gross book. 30, 16% still will be left with me as cash. That I'll put in a debt fund where I'll earn around 4 to 4.5% order or something and cover that out. So that's how it will be. So my taxation also will be varying. This book. I was coming to that. So how is the taxation going to be? Because it is under CAT 3. So right. CAT 3, the, all the taxations are done at the instrument level. Yes, at the, at the fund level, yeah, at the trust level. Yes. So here, the 70% book will attract only long-term, short-term gains, right? Roughly around 10% is what we're looking at because this book will not vary too much. There'll be some portion which will come off, but more or less it'll be a 10% kind of a tax book with the long-term capital gains. Here, it'll be your marginal tax rate, which for the fund will be around 43 odd percent. But here, since you're running a negative 10, we don't expect that much of... Uh, uh, money to be made out here it's only for hedging on the downside right so you're conserving on the downside so that way so even if you take a blended and suppose we make money out here we're lucky enough we're looking at a blended tax rate of roughly around 19 odd percent 80 90 percent is what we're looking at uh, in this uh, yeah on a, uh, i mean this is on the conservative side let's say even if it is 20 percent i mean at a gross level so 20 percent right. is what client should look at and uh, so, okay, so whatever is the returns minus 20% is all deducted at the fund level, and then whatever money the is given out, yes, in the yeah. end of investors, uh, it comes there. Okay, all right. Uh, my last question uh, so we had a lost out decade, you know, from 2010 to 20, and obviously, when we looked at your US graph and Indian graph, we realized that Indian markets are more volatile as we embark the journey towards five trillion, seven trillion dollar economy moving from inflection point towards becoming more developing nation obviously do you feel that the volatility will continue the same way or it might reduce or you think this number that we saw is doable so basically the volatility will is a part of the game altogether right i mean that's what equity markets are all about but our belief is that with the market becoming more and more vibrant because you're talking about a now market becoming bigger our belief is the volatility rate because it's a, it's, a, it's a class of consumers, right? I mean, look at the kind of investors that are there. I mean, we're just growing big, right? I mean, 10 crore is the DMAT accounts which, have been, which are now operational, which was pre-COVID, I think, around two and a half odd crores. So you're seeing so much of flows coming in. So at least for the next four or five years, I think the volatility will remain. You rightly pointed out that the economy will grow faster. Actually, that is our belief that India in the next 10 years will will be one of the fastest growing economies that's a it looks like a no brainer today because our belief is so strong but we believe that next 6 months will be the trying months so that's when you need to conserve here and in fact even if you're looking at a long only product we are talking about people staggering it out as such and playing it so our belief is the same that volatility will continue in the markets because our fno market is very vibrant and that was that's what really helps in the uh, curbing the to, to, in helping the volatility per se. So that's how it will be going forward. 
Sure. Uh, I would request uh, all the participants, if you have any question, please type in a question in Q&A box. Uh, the first question which has already come in uh, from Mr. Sharma and uh, Vivek Sharma. Yeah. So the question is, uh, how is the redemption played out? I mean, how is the transaction takes place? Sorry, what is that redemption? So in the sense that yeah, there are few long shots, they give you redemption at the end of the month. Some ask for one month. Okay, so so we are a we are a monthly closing fund. I mean, it's like an open-ended fund only for us. But I think the first month is a hard lock where you don't have any redemption. The next three months you can redeem with a marginal, I think, fee of one percent uh, as a exit load. And after that, you're open to move out whenever you want to move. So there's no, no four months basically. Do you require a notice of one month or it is done within T plus five days out? No, no, you need a notice of one month. So every closure you will be allowed to uh, give out that notice. So as I said that after one month of hard lock-in, you can move out anytime. With a, for three months, first three months will be exit load of 1%. But beyond that, there's no exit load. After that, you can move whenever you want to move. So right. That's how it is. Second question, is there an entry load? See, as far as entry load is concerned, it is not there. These are long short funds and it does not even justify that. You know, that's right. what no, no, uh, so is, it has to be a win-win situation for everyone, yes, for the yes, manufacturer, yes. for the advisor, and for the investor. You know that's how right. can complete. So obviously you will not have that benefit. What is the expense ratio? So expense ratio is very marginal. I think it is less than around uh, twenty pesa. Though we provided for twenty-five pesa, but I think it's less than twenty pesa or so. so that, I think my sales guy would be the right guy to answer all that questions. Right, right. He'll be the. So what we'll do is yeah, we'll take these questions offline, and I will uh, speak to you, Mr. Sharma. It will be less than twenty pesa. I, that's what uh, I feel yes. So right. Okay, there are no more questions. So. All right. Thank you. So with that, we'd like to conclude the session here. It was great talking to you, uh, Dinshaw. Many congratulations uh, for a successful beginning in India. Uh, now, Helios is very much familiar amongst investor communities, especially family offices and HNIs. And uh, your presence is only adding a lot of value to our investors, especially your appearance in a couple of uh, business channels of late. Uh, at least I follow that. <laughs> so thank you so much. And once again, thank you for accepting our request and look forward to have you again. You appreciate that you are taking the time out from your busy schedule and talking to our investors, putting efforts to educate them and empower them. And we keep doing that. Thank you. Thank you, Vikas, for having me on the show. And thank you to all the investors for taking the time out to be on the show as well. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Bye.